Welcome, Welcome to, to Category, Category is. is. I'm Justin. And I'm Maurice. And you're back with us for another week. Yeah, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get a notification every time we drop a new episode, some content, anything. Yes, and don't forget to like us on all things social. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Category is Pod. And be sure to send us an email, a shout out. Listener letter. Listener letter. Our email address is categoryispod at gmail.com. All right, child. How was your weekend, Maurice? Um, my weekend was good. I did something that I'm a little bit ashamed of this what? weekend. So, you know, I hate athleisure, right? Yes, that has been duly noted <laughs> on the podcast. Yes. So on Sunday, you know, it was a really nice day, Sunday morning. We woke up. It was, it was. Okay. Yeah, and we were like, hey, you know, let's go for a walk on Sunday morning. It was um, Easter Sunday. You know, the sun was shining. It was really nice out. And so I put on some sweatpants, mm-hmm. but I was like, okay, we're going walking, right. you know, we're going to go on the river trail. We walked pretty far, like almost all the way to East Falls. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I want to be comfortable. It was like still a little chilly because we left pretty early. Damn, you got your steps in that day. Yeah, I sure did. I was like, okay, this is cool. Athleisure. I'm, you know, pretty much working out and walking and we're going to come straight back home right so we found the park bench we sat down we you know had like a really um nice long talk out there nice. and, you know, it was nice and so we lost track of time and then we realized it's lunch time oh my gosh so we started getting hungry and i was like let's just go home i can make lunch there mm-hmm. and what'd you have for lunch well you know, the fat kid in me wants to know really well i was like let's just go home mm-hmm. and go and you know we'll have, make lunch there and he's like, no, let's walk to Whole Foods because we need some groceries. Right. And I was like, I can't, I can't go. Yes, you cannot. <laughs> and he's like, come on. Like, you know, we're already out. Why would we go home, have lunch, and then come right back out to go to the grocery store? And I was like, I, I, I just can't do it. Because you have principles. I have principles. And <laughs> I have on athleisure. And I cannot go right. into the grocery store. And so I acquiesced. I gave up and I was like, okay, we can just go in, get our stuff and then leave immediately. Okay. And he's like, no, let's sit down. Let's, you know, eat, eat uh, in there. And I was just like, oh God. Where'd okay. y'all eat though? Um, we just got like the hot bar stuff. Okay. And so um, I looked so out of place. I felt so uncomfortable because I hate <laughs> athleisure. <laughs> you know, I hate it in the grocery store. You should be ashamed. Of I was so ashamed. I was embarrassed. I pulled my hat down low. I had my sunglasses on, trying to be incognito. And then it's Easter Sunday. Right. People so are dressed. Everybody was dressed up. Everybody had on their suit, their tie, their little church dresses, mm-hmm. the little kids. The pastels. Are, yeah, the pastels. <laughs> There's, you know, spring colors. The kids are dressed up. Mm. And I just felt so out of place in some sweatpants and a t-shirt. Damn. Especially because I don't have a problem with athleisure if you're doing a quick run to the grocery store. Right. Because I actually do have some sweatpants and stuff that I wear that I don't wear to the gym. They're like okay. around the house, mm-hmm. cleaning, mm-hmm. taking out the trash, checking the mail. Yeah. And like, like oh, I need to run to the store because I need some quick. milk or some sugar. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with it, but I you do. do. I hate it. So the fact that yeah. you did it is crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. I was so embarrassed. I was like, let's go. Right now. Yeah. But overall, did you have a good Easter Sunday? Resurrection Sunday? Resurrection Sunday was good. Um, that's pretty much it. Like this, the weather was really nice. The bloom, the flowers are blooming. The trees are like budding. Yes. We were sitting outside, but the pollen got to me. Yeah. This past weekend, my seasonal asthma has been acting up. Mm-hmm. So I know that the 
season is starting yeah. to get to me. My yeah. eyes haven't been itchy yet this season, though. Oh, They've been a little, like, Have they been watery. They've okay. been running, okay. but they haven't... Usually, I'm going to itch them right out of my yeah, skull. Yeah. They haven't been itchy, Okay. so I don't know what that's my about. My nose has been a little runny. My nose but... has been runny. I've had some post-nasal stuff mm-hmm. happening, yeah. but... Okay. Yeah. yeah. My weekend was pretty chill. Sunday, went home, hung out with the family, mm-hmm. watched the kids do Easter egg hunt, okay. my niece and nephews. Um, Just chill. Okay. Ate some really good food. Did y'all have, like, the big Easter... Like meal, like ham and um, potato salad. We didn't have ham. We had ribs. <laughs> okay. We had ribs and chicken. Yeah. Uh, potato salad, uh, macaroni and cheese. I made string beans with like balsamic string beans mm-hmm. with red onions and, okay. and Greek, um, not Greek, goat cheese on top. Ooh, the goat uh, cheese adds some nice little creaminess and bitterness, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I always had to throw some caucasity on my food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice, you know, just to hang with the family. The fam, yeah. And, you know, we're back here for another week. Yeah. Let's yes. get it started. Earth Day. Today is Earth Day. It is. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the episode. <laughs> now y'all want to be friends with the Earth. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's hop into what you're drinking. So, all right. This week we have an orange lemon vodka Collins. And in that is we have vodka. We have fresh squeezed orange juice, fresh lemon juice, simple syrup, and club soda. Yeah. So if you want to kind of do the simple way, you don't want to do um, like the simple syrup because that, that's a process. Also. Right, right. You can substitute like a, the Pellegrino, the Lemonada, um, some regular lemonade if you don't want the carbonation and, you know, just make it work. Yes. Yeah. It's a very tasty Collins. Yeah. It's like a very tasty spring springtime. cocktail. Yeah. It's light. It's refreshing. Yeah. Citrus is always, you know kind of springtime it is it's very good yeah all right well let's hop right on into these categories mm-hmm. uh this past weekend was the wrap-up of coachella you know coachella takes oh, over because it's two weekends it's two right? weekends mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. yeah you know it takes over april yeah and um it's a fun time out there and what is it uh la quinta <laughs> La Quinta? La Quinta. La Quinta. It's that little hotel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know. The it. motel. Right. In um in Dino, yeah, California, or some tracks. part of California, yeah. or Palm Springs. I don't know. But yeah. everybody goes out there with their outfits and takes well, pictures by that Ferris wheel for the mm-hmm. gram. Yeah. It's just, you know, more commercial BS. Yeah. I feel like it's not even about the music anymore. It's not. It's so you have the celebrities who have their, you know, their private tents and mm-hmm. they can have like their bathrooms and their catered food. Yeah. But I think the regular people, like are corralled on like some open field in the heat in you know, yeah no shade no no cover yeah i'm not doing that water costs like ten dollars yeah no bathrooms Mm-mm, everybody's high on what were they taking on insecure molly molly yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mess i don't know to me it's just i've been to a few music festivals but Mm-mm. that whole phase i'm just kind of pa- like i'm past i need a seat yeah I'm not well no you be... don't you be at the standing room <laughs> true you're right you're right but i'm gonna stop those too yeah but like i need climate control yeah and i also like hanging out all day i'm tired when we going mm-hmm. home but i don't like being i out have a elements. lot of logistic concerns about that because how you use the bathroom porta potties i'm not using that right the food you right. can't bring nothing in no so i'm not buying all the drugs apparently well <laughs> i'm not buying y'all expensive food your expensive water i'm not doing that right and i want to leave when i want to leave Or if you go to even, like, take a bathroom break, your seat is gone. Your spot is gone. Right. Like, 
you have to be way at the back of the crowd. And now. do you even really get a good musical experience? Like, how is the um, sound? Does it yeah. carry? I mean, I'm sure Coachella is a fun time, but I feel like just most of the hype isn't saying that you went, mm-hmm. not necessarily having the best musical experience. Right. But there was a whole lot of news to report from Coachella. <laughs> um, let's start off with Aaron Shock. Is a, that how you pronounce it? I, I, I thought it I was. I think so. How, how do you think it is? Scock? Scock. Scock. Okay. Like school, Scock. Scock. Now you need to stop. Aaron Scock or Scock is a, is a pretty attractive white man mm-hmm. who is a former American politician and he's a Republican yeah. uh, in the 18th Congressional District for the state of Illinois. Mm-hmm. I remember him from a documentary that's on Netflix. The Scandal one? Where they outed all these Republican um, politicians uh-huh. who had a record of voting against LGBT oh, policies. Okay. And he was one of the people that was featured on that documentary. Oh. I forget what it was about, but it was like outing okay. politicians specifically. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. find it on Netflix. Okay. Um, but there's, and he's only served from 2009 to 2015. So he's okay. been, you know, out of the public eye for, for a, a little minute. bit. Yeah. But he was seen at Chokella. Well, at Chokella. I only know him Coachella. because I only know him. <laughs> Isn't he the guy who decorated his office in a Downton Abbey theme? Yes. And he spent like all this money. Like a hundred thousand Like the taxpayer money. Yeah. To decorate. Yeah. That's her. That was her. a, he didn't need to come out after that because mm-hmm. everybody knew. Right. Well, she got a nice little body, <laughs> you know, but he was photographed at Coachella mm-hmm. with these clearly homosexual men. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that to stereotype, but when you are one, you can do that. And they was clearly gay to me. They was all out there with like two tight shirts on, Mm -hmm. you know, pastel Nike sneakers, handkerchiefs, which is a clear (laughs) coat, and shirtless. Shirtless. The one guy's a trainer. The guy on the very left. They all having time in the gym. Uh Uh-huh. So they probably like are trainers or like, you know, bartenders. Underemployed, basically. Right, right. So there was actually a video that was uh, captured of Mr. Shock at Coachella with his hands down the front of some man's pants. Yeah. And they were kissing and going at it. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, I'm guessing that he's, you know, coming out now. Well, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I mean. You think? To me, well, people, com- people's coming out com- is very personal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't agree with outing people, except in the case of politicians who vote against yeah. um, LGBT mm-hmm. rights. Um, but he's no longer a politician. He's a private citizen. Right. And I don't think we're not owed a, a, a statement from him. Um, well, he made a very clear statement. Yeah. Right there. It's, it's clear. Yeah. But to me, it's just kind of, it's kind of tacky, especially it's just like, you know, you, I feel like you're kind of too old for all that. He is. Yeah. I mean, he's 37. Ooh. But still, that's too old. It's too old. Yeah. You think? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not married. To a woman. Or a man. (laughs) But, I don't know. To me, it's just... It was a little scandalous. It was scandalous. As as late as 2009, 2012, Mm -hmm. he's still saying he's not gay. Maybe he's not. I mean, maybe he doesn't identify as gay. Okay. But he's clearly... He likes the men's. Mm -hmm. And I just think that, you know what they say, the most, like homophobic people are the right. ones with a, a secret. Chad in already um updated his link uh, not LinkedIn, <laughs> his Wikipedia. 
to say In April what? 2019, Shock was allegedly spotted at Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival with several gay men, and photos and videos surfaced of him apparently kissing and fondling one of those men. These actions drew con- condemnation from gay activists due to past political stances on gay issues. Mm-hmm. And now I hear the other men who were pictured with him mm-hmm. apparently didn't know who he was. Right. And I have all released statements on social media oh, really? about, um, you know, against bigotry uh-huh. and, and all about acceptance and inclusion. Right. I'm like, sis, no. come on. If gays don't do one thing, if they yeah. do their research, yeah. they know exactly they who the fuck exactly they're hanging with. They knew exactly who he was. And they knew who he was. Yeah. I read that people who saw him, like, recognized that it was him mm-hmm. and they were, like, making, you know, kind of comments about him like negative comments to his face to his face at the place Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah yeah like you're not welcome here yeah moving on with the coachella messiness um i guess kanye west had sunday service (laughs) this past sunday at easter on on coachella um i didn't really well i didn't see anything so i can't uh get full commentary all i noticed is that it looked very cultish to me Everyone yeah. was wearing like faded purple. Yeah. And there was like this camera. I can't even describe the lens. It was mm-hmm. like a black box with like a circle old like the old filmy lens. Yeah. That looked like all, you know, uh-huh. scattered and crippled. And uh-huh. That was it. But it, I guess it was a Sunday service. And I know he's been doing He's been these. doing that. Yeah. And that's been like the latest um, kind of trend or whatever. The hot ticket in, in, in Hollywood, California is to get like access to his Sunday service concerts and so i just remember like seeing videos on like instagram like kim would post them or like different Mm -hmm. celebrities would post like you know like a snippet of him like right you know like jamming to his old stuff like he would have a choir yeah he would have like a gospel choir they're like in the middle of the desert somewhere it was very dusty it looked hot Mm -hmm. and they just looked uncomfortable because I'm like, y'all gotta be hot out there. But they're all wearing Where the same this? muted colors. Yeah. It looks very cultish. It does look like, you know. You ever seen that documentary on Netflix called Wild Wild Country? Mm-mm. About, it was like in the, I wanna say 70s, 80s, this Indian man, um, I forget his name, but like he was like this cult leader. He bought all this land. It was crazy. It looks like that to me. Okay. Like they're all in this remote area. Yeah. They're all wearing the same like thing. Like these baggy clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I don't feature Kanye for various reasons, as we, as we have discussed previously mm-hmm. on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I just can't support a man, especially a black man. It's hard for me to get down with him for supporting a racist, sexist, sexual, admitted sexual assaulter, homophobic, transphobic, Islamophobic, and xenophobic president well, who has used words and policy to damage communities. I just can't support him. That's fine. And I think that in his doing the Sunday service, because mm-hmm. he's just giving us his music over a gospel beat, mm-hmm. it seems that a lot of black people, all is forgiven and forgotten. Well, no, I think with him and the Sunday service, the comments that people are making are they're saying it seems like he's getting back to, you know, kind of more like himself. Like he likes to perform. He seems very happy. Like he's smiling. He's like really energetic. And he just has this like kind of inner glow. Like he looks happy, like to be doing what he loves, which is music. No, most people and look happy he... at church or at some kind of a. Well, but he, <laughs> looks, <laughs> he looks like he's, you know, he's like in his groove. He's in his element. He's like being creative because it's his music, but it's like changed, you know, to incorporate a more gospel sound, you know, different instrumentation. And it just, he seems 
to be in a good place. And I think that's why people are so supportive of this Sunday service thing. And then you add the exclusivity mm. of it where, you know, you have, you know, these select group of people tweeting and posting about they get that they're there and, you know, no one else can go. So it seems, you know, that kind of like bubble. Maybe and I'm just skeptical. Did it. Well, yeah. And you're a hater. And I'm a hater. Yeah. Self-admittedly. Yeah. Like, but I you mean, know, North is always dancing there with her little girlfriend. That's cute. Yeah, that's cute. And then, but the people were coming for her one time because they said that her, um, she had a, I forget what she had on, but they said it was inappropriate. And then she had it's on. hot in that desert. Yeah. And then she had on like black lipstick or something. She did have on black lipstick. Yeah. But we, we, we had. The it wasn't red. It wasn't red. It wasn't so red. I really wasn't even that mad at yeah. it. You know, she's starting her goth thing early. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the Coachella, but. You know, I mean, if he did it. He got paid. I guess he he got paid. My problem is, you know, Tiana Taylor, her last album, the Project KTS or whatever, was actually pretty decent. Um, I, mm. I think that the production of it definitely sounds lacking. Sonically, it's a little off. Okay. But I like Tiana Taylor. I don't. Um, I have an idea of why you don't like her. Why? Because she's kind of like masculine. No. Her really? body is sick. Her body's sick. Yeah. Her, and she's gorgeous. Yeah. Honestly, I think she needs to kind of like be the second coming of Janet Jackson. That should be her lane. And she well, loves Janet. She could do she could do the Janet motif. Did you see when well. she did the um kind of like Janet inspired uh like Runway look? Not run, run No, it was like look. a Yeah, it was I forget what she was, but she looked she had like a Janet. Yeah, she loves Janet. Yeah. She she's always getting Janet an homage, which I well, appreciate. But the only thing about Tiana is I only know her from that fade video, the My Super Sweet 16 back yes. in the day. Uh-huh. And then the Lil' Kim tribute that she did a few years ago. Right, for Halloween? And that's it. No, no. it was on Hip Hop Honors, something on, on okay. VH1 or something. And now she, has that, I mean, now she has that new song, like, um, something, something about pussy. But it's like, a, it's like a, you know, ballroom scene Mm-mm. type song. And she's okay. like voguing and she's aligning herself with the ballroom scene. And that's mm-hmm. good, Walton Fine. Um, I like her. I just think that she needs to make the strategic move to kind of distance herself from Kanye if she really wants to um, Kanye writing them checks. blow up. But it doesn't seem as though she's doing that. She was at that Coachella Sunday service with all four mm-hmm. of them thick dreadlocks. <laughs> and she was swinging them to and fro and, and, and singing into that mic. But it just, well, again, it looked very cultish. I guess she can. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But moving on to the next topic about Coachella. Uh, there's been some controversy now reported about um, payment mm-hmm. for artists who headline. And, you know, we'll get to Beyonce because Beyonce always got to come. Do we folks. have to? We will. She'll, she'll come next to her own category. This mm-hmm. is still a subpart of Coachella. Okay. And um, we all know that Beyonce had her big performance last year, which was epic, mm-hmm. groundbreaking, iconic. First black female to headline. Ain't that about a bitch? Is that something she said it's in Homecoming? Yes. We'll, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this year, I guess the weekend was a headliner. And Which weekend? The weekend. What is a weekend? <laughs> well, you know that singer, that black one that's been dating the Bella Hadid, the chubby one. Oh, they're back together with the matted hair. I don't yeah. know if they're back together. Oh, the okay. one who can't feel his face. Oh yeah, yeah. He's on cocaine or something, something like mm-hmm. that. And I, I mean, I don't even know when he had a, a song last. That one. Oh really? Yeah. Oh girl. And then Ariana Grande was there headlining but it's been reported i heard her set was like all messed up with technical issues oh yeah there was no mics she couldn't (laughs) she couldn't hear herself somebody threw a lemon at her oh that's rude you know that's the probably beyonce fan (laughs) and then she had um what's her name what cardi b hater cardi b hater yeah who Nicki minaj 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj, they wraps us off. They said they was just doing karaoke. Mm. Uh, she had in sync there, uh, Sans Justin. Oh, well, I don't feature I him. mean, but to me, you got you got to pull out all these stops. Let's get a cohesive show together. Yeah, But, you know, she just doesn't have the range yet. She, well. Not yet. Mm. But again. Try again next year. It's been reported that The Weeknd was paid more than $8 million to uh-huh. headline. Yeah. The uh, Coachella concert. But I'm not he sure. Was... He only did one weekend, right? Uh-huh. Not yeah. both. <laughs> The, the weekend, weekend only did one weekend? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he got $8 million for one weekend. Mm-hmm. And then I believe that every... Miss Grande mm-hmm. was paid in the range of Beyonce as well. So Beyonce allegedly only got in 3 to $4 million per weekend, but mm-hmm. she did both weekends. Which could essentially well... be the same as the weekend, but... <laughs> <laughs> um. Like, he got, you know, they got yeah. two for one, essentially. Basically, yeah. And Beyonce had to pay all them people. Like, girl, right. that band is coming up out your check. Right. Them um, Jay Setters coming up out your right. check. Kelly and Michelle coming up out your check. Right. We're not so paying everybody. Right. All we're them not... costumes that mm-hmm. Olivier was hand sewing. Right. Like, we're not paying all of this extra, too. I'm not, maybe there was a deal, because I did have a question about mm-hmm. that. But then there's there's been other reports that Beyonce bought an eight to twelve million for both weekends. So this is all over the place. But still, <laughs> the cost of the production value because mm-hmm. I saw Adriana Grande's and it was not no production. No, value. <laughs> the production value was lacking. Yeah, she was. Like, I'm keeping all this money, all these coins, all yeah. this coin. But maybe Beyonce, you know. Let's just hop on into Beyonce. Next okay. category is homecoming. Mm. Beyonce, you a shady bitch. I, reco- I recognize shade. How do you release your documentary about your Coachella performance mm-hmm. last year during the first weekend of Coachella. Right. Overshadowed the actual Coachella. Yeah. Because for all the broke hoes, <laughs> the old folks like us who ain't trying to be out there, no. we watched it. We, we had our Coachella part ugh, at home. On Netflix. On Netflix for fourteen ninety nine a month. And she releasing the live album, right? Yeah, the same yeah. day. And you noticed that the prices went up like two days before they announced. Did it? Yeah, Netflix the Netflix? to $14.99 two days before How they announced think they Beyonce. they had to pay her? That's $60 million. That's $60 million. I mean, don't get it wrong. She's about her coins. Yeah, like she got paid, for, she got paid. to do all of this. But again, looking at the numbers of what Coachella paid, I, okay, I'm just wondering what the contract looked like. Mm-hmm. Because again... I'm thinking Beyonce, after watching Homecoming, the documentary, Beyonce had over 200 people on stage. She rehearsed eight months for a two-hour performance. That is dedication. I've never seen anyone push something that far. It was a full-blown concept. To do costumes for 200 people, Mm -hmm. multiple costumes. Mm -hmm. The bands, the staging, Mm -hmm. the lighting. Yeah, the sound. The sound. The, you know, she had the moving flat escalate. Like, all Mm -hmm. that stuff. The production value was Mm -hmm. so much higher. Yeah. I'm like... Well, it must have that must have ate up her whole eight million to yeah. put on. So did she do that for free? No. No. I'm thinking that she must have had some kind of a contract with mm-hmm. Coachella saying you won't pay these people. Mm-hmm. But her take home, yeah, was would that be amount. that amount. Yeah. But um, there was another question I had after watching that documentary mm-hmm. is is from my legal mind is what does Beyonce's NDAs non disclosure agreement look like? Air because tight. honestly, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones needs to consult with her. <laughs> Their episodes stay leaking. Stay leaking. Every week. And I don't even watch the show and I'll be knowing about the leaks. <laughs> yeah. But Beyonce, how does she have yeah. 200 people mm-hmm. on stage? Mm-hmm. That's not including the other well, people who mm-hmm. were involved. You know, she had three different sound stages. Yeah. There were hundreds of people involved in this project. Mm-hmm. How did it remain under wraps? Well, no one knew about it. A lot of times, like they might give the band 
a set of music, but they might not say what it's for. Okay. Or they might give the dancers, they have to learn this routine, but they might not know exactly what it's for. Mm-hmm. And they do that a lot with, um, you know, things they want to keep, keep private right. and keep, um, cause with like the Royal family, when they go somewhere, sometimes they tell, they don't tell the organization who's coming. They just right. say we have a big, you know celebrity we have a mm-hmm. big you know and person coming there's like fake itineraries mm-hmm. to like you know ward off yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah. So i'm sure that beyonce has some mechanism that mm-hmm. we're not privy to but again watching anyone who knows beyonce she always has a camera crew with her that's backstage mm-hmm. or behind the scenes rather yeah you know getting footage mm-hmm. that she can kind of use in her little home videos type yeah. thing but for me again this was a large-scale production yeah. with all those people on stage mm-hmm. At a certain point, they knew they were performing for Coachella. Like, she said that to them. Mm-hmm. Like, this was the staging. This was the lighting. They were in a bus together. You know, she really felt as though she missed out on the college experience. Wow. And that's why she wanted to do this and have her own college. But she said spending eight months with all the dancers and musicians and singers and, you know, production team mm-hmm. really felt like a college of its own. They were all no, girl. In together. No, you got to be <laughs> but, in the study hall. You know, you know. but it shows, you know. She put in work. She yeah. had them babies. And that's because she was supposed to do it 2017. Yes. But she got unexpectedly Girl pregnant with by. twins. Uh-huh. Um, that's called in vitro. <laughs> well, she said unexpectedly. I mean, it was her I... first pregnancy. Maybe she was surprised. Not her first. You shady bitch. <laughs> you shady bitch. Because did you see those photos she released after she gave birth to the twins? She looked a hot mess mm. when she released the photo after she gave birth to blue ivy hair was done makeup was right, done right. outfit was done and she you had, end up in this hospital bed you know she said she had preeclampsia one of the baby's heart beat stopped beating mm-hmm. she had she was 218 pounds after she gave mm-hmm. birth she had to eat no fish no meat no dairy no sugar no alcohol mm-hmm. to get her body together she well, said it was the hardest she's ever pushed herself and she will never push herself that hard again well um but I think it was a great documentary. I, I enjoyed seen it. it. It was long. It's like two and a half. It's like two hours, 40 minutes. No, I just won't see it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But to me, it's <laughs> insane that the first black woman to ever have headline Coachella, mm-hmm. arguably one of the biggest entertainers today, right. was paid less than <laughs> a weekend. Who probably has about half the catalog. Wasn't, yeah, wasn't, that. wasn't dancing, popping, locking. Mm-mm. He ain't had no concept. Ain't had no costume changes. He wore that satin bomber jacket. I'm, I'm just wondering what's going on. Well, I don't know because I do think that part of it could be that Beyonce's whole setup was so large that they're like, she took a pay cut. Yeah, she probably did take a pay cut because you know, six to twelve million dollars—that's still a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, even if even if it was eight million dollars, that's still a lot of money. Right, take home for herself. But if she did have to take say eight instead of 10 and we had to pay 200 other people okay you know that's probably that's small change to her like mm-hmm. she wouldn't you know and not for nothing half the people probably would have did it for free okay you know <laughs> like i'm up here with beyonce right. and i guess also going back to the nda question mm-hmm. if you break up beyonce nda she's probably coming for your firstborn child yeah. she's probably like going seize your house mm-hmm. your car yeah your edges <laughs> um but you will never work probably ever again, ever again. <laughs> no so yeah you you're be blacklisted blacklisted for sure well let's move into this next category child. all right category is rolling in the deep oh shit so adele rolling in the deep yeah mm. adele Lori blue atkins Lori who Lori blue 
That's her middle name. Yeah. Spell that for me. Lori. L O R I. L A U R I E, I believe. Blue. Space blue? Uh huh. B L U E? Yeah. Like Beyonce's baby blue? Yeah. Also known as Azul? Yes. C. <laughs> also known as Adele, has announced that she and her husband, Simon Konicki, have decided to divorce. After mm-hmm. being together for about eight years, they got married in 2016, and they have a son who is about seven, seven or eight. Yeah. Yes. So I feel bad for her. I never want to take joy in someone else's pain, mm-hmm. but her next CD is going to be fire. Child. <laughs> it's going to be off the charts. Adele serves us a yeah. good breakup a album. A good breakup CD. Heartache. Mm-hmm. And pain. And sorrow. Yes. Yes. Sadness. Mm. But you know, I want Adele to be happy. And I want happy um, music from her. Mm, but I don't think no. happy music will sell. <laughs> no. And she tried that a little bit on the last one because it was like, I'm married. I got my kid. And, you know, it was more mm. like kind of those happy songs. Right. And people were like... We don't want to hear that. Child. We want you to send us to the abyss. <laughs> you know, pull us up. But she, she, the thing I appreciate about her is she gives you the range of emotions. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like regret, mm-hmm. you know, disbelief, yeah. anger, yeah. rage, yeah. you know, uh, begging for, for, for forgiveness, taking yeah. it back. She gives you all. She gives you the full spectrum <laughs> of grief. Of grief, yeah. I love Adele. She's a talent. She's a beautiful young woman. She's 30. She's only 30. And her husband's 45. Yeah, so he's that might older. have something to do with it. Well, I don't know. They seemed like a good match because she's like an old soul to me. She is. So I, I, when it first came out that she was dating this much older man, I was like, okay, I can see mm-hmm. it. Like it wasn't like a, right. a big problem. But you know, I think it's hard sometimes for celebrities because who are not dating industry people, right? Because right. she's very much an industry person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he. From my understanding, it's not. He's like, not. He has some all. money, to my knowledge. I okay. think he has like a nonprofit organization oh, okay. that um, goes and travels throughout the world, providing mm-hmm. um, communities with clean drinking water. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But for me, it's just like forty-five and thirty are significantly different they ages, are different phases um, in life. But again, it's worked for seven years. But to yeah. me, seven years is key because mm-hmm. you know seven-year itch. Seven-year itch, but also every seven years, the positioning of the earth in relation to the sun and the other planets goes mm-hmm. back to the, p- the place where you were born okay does that make sense mm-hmm. so keep going the world every seven years goes to a certain all the pl- the entire planet and galaxy aligns itself every seven years okay right so essentially we change fundamentally as people and we grow every seven years so that's why sometimes you do get the seven year itch but think about it Age 7, 14, 21, 28, 40, 30, uh, what's the next number? Come on, 35, 35. 42. Okay. Those are all very different key markers mm-hmm. of a person's growth and development. That's very um, stagnant and I don't It's very know. astrological of me. I know not everyone's but, into the Zodiac and all that, but... I mean, to say like every seven years that's a bit it's, 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 it's about that but okay. again i think it's probably more the seven year itch and she's like mm-hmm. look i'm 30 i got this seven year old baby i'm with this 45 year old man mm. she's still trying to be young hot and fabulous she's still trying to do the hollywood uh, thing i don't think so i never really saw that for her she's got any streets with jennifer lawrence well that's part of the speculation because people are saying that they've not been together for a while right and so because they're very private first mm-hmm. of all mm-hmm. so you would just not see either one of them right or you would see them together at like the Grammys, the right. Oscars, the 
baptism, you know, mm. something. But their baseline was like, we're just not going out at all. Right. But then when you started seeing her out and she was by herself, it or was without like, him. hmm, what's think, going on? He's probably not accustomed to the lights, the camera, the action, the people I could get her. accustomed to that. I, I, some people can't, and also, mm-hmm. this is a heterosexual relationship, right? Mm-hmm. I think that some men might feel intimidated. I by, wouldn't, by, especially by a younger woman Mm-mm. who has. She got how much money? All the same power, like one hundred forty-five million dollars. I'm good with um, that. Yeah, she's worth. I don't know her net worth. Um, I think it's like one forty-five. She's worth a lot. Yeah, yeah, she's worth like one hundred forty million pounds. Oh, that's even more than. Yeah, then that's more than U.S. dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so she's worth a lot. I mean, she'll be fine. Her children will be mm-hmm. fine. I think that the one thing that we can say out of this is um, they didn't have a prenup. But, you know, he has... But a... this British law, though, they don't do prenups. Oh, they don't? Mm-mm. Oh, okay, okay. They're not enforceable in the court. Good to know. Yeah. But I think Megan that... doesn't have a prenup. I th- well, bargaining power. Just be happy that well, you got to wear a little tiara true. and people follow you. Mm-hmm. But... I think that they'll probably have an amicable, separate, amicable oh, yeah, separation. Yeah. Adele doesn't seem to be about drama. No. I'm sure this relationship's been over long before we found out. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Simon, like, he's not really even at, like, she's gorgeous. He don't even, he's not even on her level <laughs> looking at this picture. <laughs> you know. That's fine. I, 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 but again, again, it's not always about that. But no. I think that maybe she wanted some new material and content and we're gonna get it yes. baby yes this cd is gonna be you better get ready honey save your money for 31 <laughs> maybe she'll call it 30 i think she'll call it 30 that's more of a pivotal year i think she, i read in an interview long ago that she uh-huh. said she believes in things and trilogies on yeah things and that she's done with the, with the I, no she, for the she has to do 30 like she has to do it for right the now her career. no now she would have to do 30 like girl you got divorced at 30 you got to do 30 you can't call it like Butterflies and mountain streams. It'll probably be self-titled. No, you're past the self-title at this point. Yeah, self-titled yeah. is like your second your novel. Fir- yeah, it's either your first or your second. But she should call it 32. She's about to wrap up these also. Grammys. Yeah, she's going to get the Grammys, all the awards. Just hand them to her. Just throw them at Collect her. them. Collect yeah. them. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Remember that time we went to see Adele? Which time? Oh, wait, at the uh, Electric The Factory? only time we saw her. Well, I saw her twice. but You did? I did, yeah. When? I saw her at 19 and I saw her for 21. Oh, I didn't, I didn't want to see her for 21. 21 is still my favorite. 19 was my favorite. For the nostalgia. For the nostalgia. Because when I first started hearing about Adele, remember on like Saturday morning, they had like VH1 artists you ought to know. Yes. And so like I'd be cleaning the house on Saturday. Like it would be on mm-hmm. VH1 and mm-hmm. it would just like that song just kept coming on and on yes. and on and chasing pavements. And I don't. Should I get yeah. that? That's what she used to wear, a little side ponytail. Yeah. She, she used to wear jeans, flats, and a poncho. Yeah. She was yeah. very yeah. regular. Regular. Um, regular. But we saw her at an electric factory. Electric factory I want to yeah. say, what, 2009? 2010? Yeah, it was right before. It was right no, after I was the still, Grammys. Yeah, yeah, I was still in college, 2009. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. really early. Because yeah. I went with two girls from LaSalle. Because mm-hmm. we bought the tickets like before the Grammys came out. Right. And then the concert was like right after the Grammys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everyone, and I, I'm, I was with Adele from day one. Me too. Everybody did not get hyped till 21 came out. Yeah. Because yeah. then she had the number one and number two album. Mm-hmm. I was one of the ride or dies. Mm-hmm. I was there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I remember because people thought 21 was her first CD. And we were yeah. like, nah, hold it was 19. Up. Yeah. 19. Yeah. And to me, 25 is her least. That's my least favorite. That's my least favorite. Yeah. It's 21, 19, and 25. 
Mine is in chronological order, 1921, 25. Oh, so she yeah. progressively got worse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because it just got too you know, much. It just got so commercial. So commercialized. Yeah. So big. And even, I don't understand her playing, you know, large venues like yeah. the, Wells, the Wells Fargo Center. We saw her in a standing room standing only. Standing room That's only. That's what you used to stay in room, Yeah, bitch. I was young back then. <laughs> <laughs> These knees could take it. it was intimate. It mm-hmm. was small. Yeah. And... I don't. To me, you don't get the essence of Adele no. in a in a um in a coliseum. in an arena. Yeah, in an arena. That's that's reserved for the Beyonces and the Gagas mm-hmm. of the world who mm-hmm. have dancers, dancing, and yeah, lighting, staging, and staging, yeah. and costume. Mm-hmm. Adele don't change. She don't. It's a light and a mic and a stool and a stool with a bottle of water. <laughs> Poland Springs. Yeah, but that's what I like in a in a singer. I don't need all the flashing lights. I don't need the costume mm-hmm. changes. Right. I you know. A mic and... and I feel like her her stage fright mm-hmm. got progressively worse the larger yeah, she got because now yeah. she's performing on bigger stages mm-hmm. and she always messes up she has to start over and remember that year she flubbed the Grammys oh, yeah. like twice mm-hmm. she should have just stopped and started over which the George Michael tribute or the opening the one where the mic fell, fell in the, on piano. the piano yeah that was the opening and it messed up the string she, she yeah. opened the Grammys mm-hmm. and she was off the rest of the time mm-hmm. then later that same night. She did the George Michael tribute mm-hmm. for Fast Love. Mm-hmm. And she but, stopped. Yeah. And she said, I can't do this to him. I have to do right by him. And she started over. Yeah. But even when she started over, it was still yeah. messy. But then there was another time after that. I forget which performance it was. but she's, She she also, she has severe stage fright. Yeah. Yeah. That's because she's on a stage that she's not supposed to be on. Basically. Girl, we're waiting for these albums. Yes. We love you. Um, I can't wait. It's going to be epic. Child. Yeah. Moving on to other music news, you notice all of our uh, categories it's, seem to be a musically themed yeah, this week. Yeah, it's a very musical episode. Musical episode, yeah. yes. Well, there's a new book coming out for our literary folk. It is called My Life with Whitney <laughs> by Robin Crawford. A song for you, My Life with Whitney. Oh, it's called A Song for You, mm-hmm. colon. You know, it ain't, yeah. it ain't no, real, you know, no, real, <laughs> no real book title unless it got a colon in right. it. A Song for You, My Life mm-hmm. with Whitney. Mm-hmm. Now... Robin Crawford is one of, um, well, alleged to be one of Whitney's really close friends. Really close. And she has some significant insight on her relationship with Whitney. Ms. Crawford <laughs> is a lesbian. She now resides in northern New Jersey with her wife and oh, children. Okay. Yeah, she's married to a white woman. Oh. Um, but Ms. Crawford is gay. Clearly. And, um,. She's releasing a book about just her life with Whitney. Now, to me, it doesn't seem to be too exploitative. It doesn't. Not to me. <laughs> Whitney's been gone for how many years now? Five, six? A few. Okay. But she releasing a book, My Life with Whitney. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't seem exploitative. Because it does. Okay. Because <laughs> basically... If your life wasn't with Whitney, no one would care to read it. Right. Like, who are you? Right. So, I remember, I can't recall the name of the documentary, but back in the day, there was this really big, big documentary about lesbian women, and it was les- lesbian women of color. I'm going to say it was called Studs or something like that. I can't recall. If I, mm. if I can, I'll let you know and put it in the show notes. Okay. But it was this documentary it was chronicling the lives of these... Um, Butcher lesbians okay. in North Jersey, Newark really? area, where Whitney's from, and oh. um, New York. Okay. And there was one woman in there who alleged to have had intimate relations with Whitney Houston oh. and also Kimora Lee Simmons. Oh, I can see that. Really? Yeah. 
Huh. A lot of stuff go down in the photo shoots. What you mean the photo the shoots? Model. You know how the model life is. I mean, so anyway, this book's coming out. Mm-hmm. And it's just talking about her life with Whitney, her perspective on her relationships. I'll see what insight we get. But I think people are really going to be reading this book just to get at, was, well, les- was Whitney lesbian? Uh-huh. You know, Bobby Brown alleged that she had a relationship with Robin Crawford. Yes. Um, we'll see. I don't know. Well, I think the whole Robin situation has always been a talking point whenever you bring up Whitney because, you know, mm-hmm. they had this friendship. Robin's clearly a lesbian. Right. So people always insinuated that Whitney was a closet lesbian or bisexual or something. Mm-hmm. And it added just another layer of interest and gossip and entry right. to her story. Now, a lot of people say that, you know, Whitney grew up in the church mm-hmm. and they say that, you know, some of her struggles with drugs and, you know, all these other things were her was re- was the result of her trying to suppress and repress her lesbian mm-hmm. nature. Okay. Yeah. And so even the whole relationship with Bobby Brown, how volatile that was, they're saying that, you know, she was in that because she needed to get married to to a man, mm-hmm. you know, so people wouldn't find out that she was potentially a lesbian Wow. or, you know, it was so volatile because he found out mm-hmm. that she in fact was a lesbian or bisexual and was having this relationship right. with, you know, her quote unquote best friend. So it's exploitative in the, in the sense that nobody will be checking for Robin or this book. If Whitney wasn't if dead. Whitney's, if she wasn't dead and if her name wasn't in the title. Right. Because nobody cares about Robin. No one does. They just want to hear the tea on Whitney. Mm-hmm. And so in this book, there might not even be any mention of a relationship, sexual. Well, there might not be. Why. Yeah, there might not be any mention of a sexual relationship with Whitney. But the simple fact that her name is in the title and they are alleged to have this you know, relationship, uh-huh. it's going to sell. It's going to sell copies. Because it's, it's salacious. It's salacious. And, it's and people are going to buy it. And so Robin is banking on, people are just going to buy it just on, I'm going to get these interviews, I'm going to get booked, I'm going to get, you know, a little piece of change in my bank account because I'm sure she needs the money. I'm sure she does. To get that fade haircut. Ooh, and, stop. But, but my whole <laughs> thing is, is, you know, I don't like the whole... In, in the same vein as with Finding Neverland, which mm-hmm. you came to find out there were some lies within that. There it's like, untruths, I don't like yeah. the people coming out with information where people don't have the opportunity to rebut mm-hmm. or to tell their own story right. or to kind of correct the narrative. Right. So, I mean, it is opportunistic. I guess mm-hmm. I will recant my statement that it's not. But I also think that it's because of who Whitney was and, the t- and at the time that she became a star. Because mm-hmm. I think right. that, you know... In that time and space, women weren't given license mm-hmm. to explore their sexuality, their sexuality openly. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, 20 years from now, there will not be a book that says, you know, <laughs> my life with Rihanna. Right. Rihanna out here, she don't give a damn. At all. She looked like she, she don't. <laughs> she put it all on front street. Mm-hmm. We know she took a dip in a lady bond. <laughs> with but Melissa. It, but, but no one cares. At all. You know, so yeah. it's just like, but. The, that's not the target audience for this book about no, Whitney. First no. of all, you know, the younger people don't read. Make sure they're going to read a book about <laughs> Miss Whitney Houston. Right. But, you know, we'll see how that book does. You, know, you can girl. always get it on Amazon, Audible. She's trying to get a bestseller. Child, all right. Let's hop into our realness, realness section of the show. Yes. What's our topic for realness this week, Maurice? So this week we're going to talk about toxic 
friendships. Okay. So, you know, sometimes we have those friends that always bring us down. They always have a drama. They always want you to extend yourself, but they don't necessarily reciprocate. Right. Or they want you to do something for them all the time, but the one time you need them, they're nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. It goes to or whatever. Mm -hmm. So have you ever had a toxic uh, friendship? Absolutely. I think that, yeah. yeah, I think that if you've lived, you know, through high school, you've probably had a toxic <laughs> friendship, to be honest. Right. I mean, we're 30-somethings here. I think that, you know, as I get older mm-hmm. and I am more sure of myself and who I am and what I will and will not tolerate, mm-hmm. what I stand for, uh-huh. what I value, I've noticed that the amount of um, superfluous mm-hmm. friendships, which are just like, mm-hmm. you know, bullshit friendships... Mm-hmm and or toxic friendships have diminished. Okay. Um, I still believe that there can be different kinds of friendships aside mm-hmm. from those. Not all friendships are going to be the same. You can't compare them all. Right. You got that one good Judy who knows mm-hmm. all your secrets, yeah. but you can still go to the club with them. You can mm-hmm. cry on the couch. You can have a deep intellectual conversation. And then you got that one good friend where you don't, it's more of like a, you know, a social friendship. Y'all go to mm-hmm. brunch, y'all go to the parties, but y'all don't really like, that's not the first person you're going to cry after, call after your breakup. Or you don't cry on her shoulder. Right. And then you have... You know, friends can serve different purposes in your life. Well... Um, but in terms of toxic friendships, absolutely. I've had my share of them. Um, in my personal experience, the kind of toxic friendships I had were ones where the individual tried to leverage power. In what way? Um, I think that they were usually, honestly, some of my most toxic friendships for me as a gay man were really in like college. Okay. I was really unsure of myself mm-hmm. and who I was mm-hmm. in terms of my sexuality. I wasn't sure of how to project that or how to embrace it okay. or what it meant to me. Right. I still felt very influenced by the um, the demands and the weight of the world in mm-hmm. terms of how I should conduct myself, what I should think about myself. You know, I, st- I was coming into my own. You know, I really was just figuring out who I was mm-hmm. and coming into it. And I think that I, I had certain friends at that time in my mm-hmm. life um, where, and I'm not, they're, they're great people and I'm not, you know, bashing anyone. But mm-hmm. I think that those friends um, saw a certain weakness in me. Okay. And I think that, you know, I'm not saying they didn't accept me for who I was, but those were people who accepted me at that time. And I felt like I, I formulated a strong bond with them, but in that bond, it was unequal Okay. because I felt as though I was looking to them for acceptance and validation and self-worth. Okay. And, um, I was at their beck and call to get it. And when I didn't act or conduct myself in a way that they deemed Mm -hmm. correct or how they thought I should, Mm -hmm. then I would be essentially punished for it through not, you know, lack of access to them, not talking to them or, you know, them having shit to say about it. And and you can tell when when your friend approaches you, like we've been friends for a long time now. Mm -hmm. You let me know about myself. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> but no, but seriously, you let me know about myself. But I think that, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but I listen to you. And, you know, I, I, I take into consideration mm-hmm. what you have to say. Yeah. Sometimes I have feedback. Yeah. 
But I also can, I also be like, well, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And I really do take it into consideration because mm-hmm. it's not coming from a place. I never right. felt as though you come at me from a place of jealousy like malice or malice or, yeah. or hate. Mm-hmm. It's always been like a supportive feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in my toxic friendships, I yeah. never felt like I never felt that support. So you, you feel like you're giving more than you're getting. It's getting. not like equitable. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not equitable. Mm-hmm. It's not reciprocal. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's an imbalance in the power dynamic. Okay. Okay. And to me, that's always been my experience mm-hmm. with toxic friendships. Mm-hmm. And that oftentimes I was always a person that, you know, just my personality as is, is I don't like to ask anybody for anything. I like that's to appear. Like, yeah. That's self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of pride. Mm-hmm. Um, but my friends could ask me to stop when I'm doing a fly to the moon to get them <laughs> yeah. something and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. You need me, I'm there. Mm-hmm. You need to ask a question. But when I just need simple things like, yeah. hey, can you help me you know, move this weekend? Mm-hmm. Or can you help me uh, could you watch my dog can this you walk day? My dog for the, yeah. Just really, really simple mm-hmm. things. It's like people don't show up for me. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me feel bad because I feel like I'm always exerting so much energy showing right. up for other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, we all have busy lives and things are going on. But right. you can re- you can notice recurring patterns. Mm-hmm. And I think that as I've gotten older, mm-hmm. you know, that I just have less tolerance yeah. for patterns Definitely. that I've identified. Mm-hmm. And if I feel like I'm investing more in a friendship than I'm getting out of it... Mm-hmm. I'm just ready to just, you know, let go. And mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be in an argument. No. It doesn't have to be shouting, yelling, or no. screaming. Mm-hmm. It's just, look, this it, this no longer serves right. us. Right. Have you ever had that friend where anytime you see their name pop up on a text or they call mm-hmm. you and you're just like, oh, yeah, I don't feel like I don't want to deal with this right now. Yeah. You do? I have. Mm-hmm. And, or, or, and you know me, I'm a pretty... I text back pretty quickly, mm-hmm. you know, unless mm-hmm. I'm like taking a nap. Sleep. <laughs> uh, but uh, if I just don't, yeah, then it's just I don't want to engage with you. Or if like we have plans to do something, mm-hmm. and if you and I have plans to do something, I'm gonna text you in the morning. Hey, our plans are still on. Confirming yeah. the plans. Yeah, I don't want to confirm the plans with that person. Yeah, you hope they forget you hope about, they forget it. about yeah. it, or you just don't re- you just don't do it. Mm-hmm. You, you say you're gonna reschedule, you don't you reschedule. Don't. Yeah. Um, it's those kinds of things, but I think that at a certain point you get too old for those kind of shenanigans. Yeah, and it's just like, look, let's be clear. Mm-hmm. You know, it, when when the friendship seems to be more work than right. it's worth, then enjoy, yeah, then like you you're not enjoying spending time with them if right. you're not, you know, kind of excited to spend time with mm-hmm. them or even show any interest in what they're doing. Right. Then that that's a big red flag too. Right, it's and like, honestly, not I mean not for nothing, but like as I get older, I think that we all are evolving and changing mm-hmm. our friendships can't be the way they were in our 20s you know like we're mm-hmm. not on a college campus where we're just chilling all day shooting the right. shit in the dorm room mm-hmm. or in law school at the law library mm-hmm. like now we have careers people are having spouses mm-hmm. people are growing families mm-hmm. people are getting further education mm-hmm. and are, are starting businesses mm-hmm. and some of their time is not attracted from these friendships right. and i find that most of my friendships today honestly my friends either don't live here in philadelphia <laughs> yeah and when I do speak to them, it's probably like once every other month mm-hmm. at best. Okay. I, the thing I can say is that when I do speak with them, we pick up right where we left off. Yeah. It's like we never missed a beat. Mm-hmm. It's all positive. Mm-hmm. And I leave the conversation of the interaction with my love tank full. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. feel overflowing of love. Yeah. And I know that that connection's still there, mm-hmm. even though it's not 
what it once was. Right, but I think it's right. unfair it's... to expect it to be. Yeah. But, you know, some people do have friendships that are a little more high maintenance and require that, mm-hmm. you know, daily interaction or, or, or weekly. Well, well I don't think it's the frequency of it, right? I think it's the energy mm-hmm. that you put into it and the energy you get out of it. Right. Like, I have my friend Octagon and I only have like my friendships are like my core friendships. I don't right. I don't have like these, you know, layers and tears like like you said. Concentric you circles. Yeah. But I have friends who we text every day. I have friends we text once a week, you know, maybe once a month. Mm-hmm. But you know, like you said, like when you do have that communication, you're still like right there on that level. Right. Where you were the previous time you talked and then, you know, it's just like as friendships grow and evolve, you know, some have kids, like you say, some have different um, um, career dependencies and things like that. Time zones. Yeah, time zones, too. Because I was talking to my friend Kendra the other day. We kept trying to schedule this time to talk. Mm -hmm. And so she's in the central time zone. And I just kept, for some reason, thinking she was in the eastern time zone. Right. So we just kept missing each other, like our time zones off. And so we had to be like, wait. You're in Nashville. That's a different time zone, which uh-huh. I, you know, keep forgetting. But, um, yeah, I think once the friendship starts to get to a point where you just don't, you're not excited to spend time with them or spend your energy, then that's kind of when it is probably starting to turn a little bit toxic right. or, you know, just is going in a different direction. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And another, another marker uh, of toxic friendships that I have also identified is mm-hmm. not only when the friendship comes to seem one-sided mm-hmm. meaning you're the only one that's sending the text kid, yeah, or initiating communication yeah, mm-hmm. or um they're always leaving you on red yeah you know or you're always asking me questions about their lives and they're answering questions because mm-hmm. they may be very self-involved people mm-hmm. but they're but not they don't they, they take no interest any, yeah in your life yeah. mm-hmm. another um sign for me of toxic friends are sometimes i have this saying that i'm always going to support my friends mm-hmm. from the sidelines Mm-hmm. But I cannot get in the game of their life. Right. That is your life to play. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter your, your career choices, mm-hmm. your dating choices, mm-hmm. your financial choices, mm-hmm. they're all your choices to make. Yeah. If you come to me and ask my opinion about them, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to yeah. you. If I see that your choices or actions are harming yourselves or mm-hmm. potentially others, then I will offer my opinion to mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. as a close friend. Yeah. But for the most part, I'm just like, you go, girl. You like it. I love it. <laughs> You know, if it works out, I'm here to cheer you on. If it doesn't, I'm here to wipe your tears. But I don't, right. I find that friendships can get toxic when sometimes people overly involve themselves yeah, in someone's in life. life yeah. And that's not necessarily like checking them when they need to be checked or being right. their mirror, mm-hmm. as we say here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like when you are trying to manipulate them or somewhat control their life. Right, right. And I think that that to me is really mm-hmm. a sign of toxicity. Okay. Okay. So, so what would you do if you have a toxic friend? That depends, right? I think it depends on how long you've been friends, the nature of your friendship. Uh-huh. And um, I think it's always just best to have communication and a discussion. You should be able to talk about it. But um, she don't want to talk. Well, if you don't want to talk and you lack conflict resolution skills, then I really just don't know what to tell you. You just really have to, 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 to end she that friendship. She fight and argue in public. I don't fight and argue with people in public. <laughs> um... And honestly, she want to cuss you out. I can on tell the you phone. this: of all my friendships that have lasted, you know, mm-hmm. a decade or close to a decade or more, mm-hmm. we've never fought. Really? Yeah. No disagreements. We've had disagreements. Oh, okay, okay, that's different. But we've respectfully disagreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's never like been a time where like 
I'm gonna cuss you. I'm gonna out. curse you out, yeah. or it never got physical, mm-hmm. or it never got like we never threatened one another. Right. It was like, all right, we disagree, mm-hmm. and I might take some like time, a, yeah, away to not talk yeah, to you, to yeah. sort of how to I like, feel. Yeah. But there's always a coming together mm-hmm. and a, a reconciliation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we reach a resolution, and we yeah. move and you on. move forward. Yeah. But I have been in friendships where they wanted to fight all the time, Mm-mm. and then you kind of get into that cycle of abuse because yeah. that is abusive. I mean, pretty much. And then the friendship is more about the making up mm-hmm. from the fights mm-hmm. than the friendship itself. It's yeah. like you kind of lose focus of what you have in common and what you respect about another, each other. And it's just, you're kind of like, oh, let's start a fight because you get addicted to that um, adrenaline of fighting and then making up. Mm-hmm. Which some people replicate in their romantic relationships. Well, Chris Rock says the only interesting relationship is a bad one. <laughs> Because you never know what you're gonna get, right? Like you know, some people live for the drama. Like I even don't. watching the Housewives of Atlanta, that, mm-hmm. that reunion, and I hate to bring it up because it's a horrible season. Yeah, but like Nene and Cynthia boycotting. is, I am boycotting. Well, no, no, because I hear there's reports that Kenya and po- Portia, Phaedra. not Portia, Phaedra, Mm-mm. are coming back next season. No. If they come back, I'm watching. Ooh, <sighs> okay. <sighs> I would watch. Because, you know, I love Kenya. Kenya is good TV and they really missed their opportunity because she, you know, is at a point in her life where the fans wanted to see it. Right. Married, baby, everything. They missed her whole journey. Phaedra coming back. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, Phaedra took it a little too far. But the thing I can say is that she brought good television, Mm -hmm. but she took it too far. Hopefully she's learned her lesson. Yeah. But I also hear reports that if she does come back, Candy's uh-huh. not coming Candy back. Candy says she's not, yeah. But honestly, Candy, bye, girl. Because Candy's boring. <laughs> and her fashion's good. Oh, she don't never serve uh, a fashion. Yes. So, buy, I, I would buy Candy, buy Shamari, and give Marlo, and buy Nini, because she's been yeah, a mess. Yeah, she needs to go. And give Marlo her peach. Yeah, finally. Marlo's messy, but she's... She, her, when she aligns herself with Nini, it goes mm-hmm. too far, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But other than they that... They gaslight each other. Yeah, the messiness is fun. Mm-hmm. But, like, I watched the reunion on Sunday... And Nini here, she is a sixty-year-old woman, <laughs> a grandmama, yes, ready to throw away a decade-long friendship with Cynthia, yeah, because Cynthia invited Kenya to her party, but didn't tell her in advance, right? Like how middle school is yeah. that? Like we and, need to get your permission, right? And I noticed that Ken can't. No, oh my gosh, what's her name? Nini mm-hmm. has lots of. T- she's a toxic friend. Yes. She's she is the epitome of a toxic, of a toxic friend. friend. You you are my friend, and nobody else's. Yes. Yep, where they try it's possessiveness, mm-hmm. it's narcissism. Mm-hmm. You have to constantly build them up. Yeah, but they break you down. Yeah, you know it's unreasonable. Mm-hmm. It, it's, she can never be wrong. Never. It's just Nini's a toxic friend. She's a toxic. So friend. I think that's a good way to like end this. Mm-hmm. You know, realness section is yeah. just just don't be a Nini. Don't be a Nini. Or, or identify the Ninis in your life <laughs> and kindly ask them to leave. Yes. Bloop bloop <laughs> blonk blonk. Yes. And speaking of Miss Nene Leaks, honey, it's time for I, I said, said what I said. My I said what I said is really light and cute and fun this week. Okay. Honestly, I'm just not in a place to be mad or upset Good. or like, you know, there's a lot happening in the world. There's mm-hmm. sadness. Yeah. But I, I can't just, I have to kind of like insulate myself from the sadness because I'll just take it all on. Okay. But I do have an unpopular opinion to share with you all. What is it? It's the culinary one. It's related to food. Okay. Um, my unpopular opinion is that I love pineapples on pizza. Um. Okay. What? <laughs> People. We can ask. We can do a poll. Like on the Hawaiian Instagram. pizza. I like Hawaiian pizzas. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I don't really care for ham, but I do chicken oh, and pineapple. Like That's right. I love just 
pineapples mm-hmm. on chicken. I think it's not on chicken, on oh, pizza. <laughs> well, pineapples on chicken's great too, but I love pineapples on pizza. Uh-huh. It adds a nice juiciness and moistness, uh-huh. and it interacts really well with the red sauce. I live for a pineapple So not on the barbecue pizza. sauce? The barbecue sauce too, yes. Ooh, but I uh-huh. love pineapple pizza. No thanks. Uh, I know that people just say pineapple doesn't belong on pizza. Fruit should not go on pizza, but y'all like tomatoes. Like half of, like a third of pizza is fruit. Well, people don't think of tomatoes as a fruit. That's a fruit. Well, it is a fruit. It is, yeah, but people technically, don't, yeah, it is, you know, but people don't see it as a fruit. Okay, well, I like pineapples on mm-hmm. my pizza, and I do not like ice cream. And I know that the weather <laughs> is getting nice, <laughs> and people out here, I like gelato. I like frozen yogurt. It's the same concept. There's more cream in ice cream. Ice cream makes me thirsty. Oh, I thought you were gonna say it make you gas <laughs> and gassy too. You know, the lactose intolerant, but. In, I get so thirsty when I have an ice cream really? cone. Yes, like I need to drink like a full gallon of water. Yeah. I feel like I'm licking chalk. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't milk. like ice cream. I know that it's getting nice out and people want to, you know, have their moment with uh-huh. the ice cream cone. And, you know, the, the Mr. Softie's going down the block. Yeah. But I don't feature her. You know, I'll be right at Rita's with my water ice. Wow. So I know um, it's according I said what I said, but I said mm-hmm. what I said. And that's what I have this week. How about you, Maurice? What say you? My I Say What I Said this week is a little bit... Um, mm-hmm. It's not heavy, but you know there's a lot of talk going on recently about increasing the minimum wage. Mm-hmm. I'm against it. I don't think minimum wage should be increased. What? Not to $15. What is it now? I'm just curious. Mm, I think it's like 7 Really? It might be like 9 I don't know. I don't make minimum wage. So I know that there's lots of companies who are, um, you know, increasing the minimum that they pay mm-hmm. employees. Yes. For like $20 an hour or yeah. whatever. But that's yeah. a company thing. Uh-huh. I mean, the minimum wage is a federal government yeah. mandate, right? Mm-hmm. So right now, the federal minimum wage is $7.25 an hour. And they want to double it, more than double it, to $15 an hour. Okay. And I don't... I feel like they've been discussing 15 for the past, like... 10 years so yeah it's been for a while and it's been getting um more traction lately and so a lot of um states are like starting to to increase it like some places are 11 mm-hmm. um i think california is 11 massachusetts is 11 and then some other states recently enacted um raising it but i just don't see it because we went to well, that's only thirty one thousand two hundred dollars per year right i as a person with a college degree, have made less than that in some jobs I've had. How long ago? It was a while ago. I was okay. like right out of college, but... You older. But, right. But minimum wage is for that teenager who works part-time at McDonald's, mm-hmm. you know, after school. Like, you can't be paying them $15 an hour, and they make it more than people with college degrees. But I think that what will happen eventually is is that it's just going to be what? a market increase because the people right. in the college degree is going to make more. Well, the price of bread, milk, and eggs so. is going to go up. The price of goods is going to go up, but not necessarily the price of wages. Wages right. for people with college degrees and secondary degrees and like all that. And what's also going to happen is it's going to reduce the number of jobs because companies aren't going to say we're going to double our salaries for all these cashiers right. you know i hate the cashiers by mm-hmm. the way or the prices of the of the, of the big macs yeah or yeah and they're not going to do that so what they're going to do is they're going to hire less people and everywhere you go is going to be those self-serve kiosks 
where mm-hmm. you order on the on the screen, which are everywhere. Yeah, McDonald's now. Yeah, and you just pick your order up at the counter. There's yeah. less cashiers. There's less people that well, have to. Automation pay. Automation is is definitely uh, impacting the workforce. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know enough about this topic to really have like a solid commentary. On okay, it. that's fine. And but I feel like people deserve at the very least a minimum a, a livable wage. Well, right, okay. and I think that you know. Although you say the minimum wage is for, you know, the, the part-time mm-hmm. high schooler after work. I remember when I was 14 working at McDonald's. That was my first job. Ooh, how are you 14 working at McDonald's? Don't mess. Well, okay. Well, 16 working at McDonald's. <laughs> okay. Keep it at that. Uh-huh. Uh, and I had my working papers. Mm-hmm. I was working there, interviewed, got the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never got the good shifts. Okay. The good shifts always went to like the... 30 and 40 year olds who yeah. were working at McDonald's and you know also at McDonald's all the guys worked in the back were like I wanted to work the register they never let the guys uh, work register okay. like so there was mad discrimination wow. happening at that point in time mm-hmm. mind you this is the early 2000s mm-hmm. but I just remember like going there and it being like lots of full grown people that had kids to feed mm-hmm. families to support and they would work the morning shift at McDonald's because they did the breakfast mm-hmm. and then they would go work at the Taco Bell to KFC next door. Oh, wow. Like, so they were working like 16 hour shifts, five days a week mm-hmm. at minimum wage just to try to feed their families. And I thought that that was just horrible and sad because it's mm-hmm. like, you're not even there for your kids. You can't spend no time with them. Right. And again, you know, it's unfortunate because it's like, are these the choices that they made? And then even on the other spectrum, like I'll go to a store and I see people who are of retirement age mm-hmm. who are working and it's just like, what's happening within this country and its system in terms of the workforce where, you know, people are making such low wages and can't have a livable wage. So, again, I don't know enough about well, the solutions to correct this, mm-hmm. but I do think that there should be a livable wage. And I don't think that $15, $15 an hour is even that livable. Who can live on $31,000, depending on where you live? Ex- well, exactly. In Philadelphia, that'd be very hard. Well, it could be. But... My experience this weekend, we went to Home Depot and we went to um, like Lowe's mm-hmm. and some other stores like in South Philly. Mm-hmm. The cashier, they always have attitude. They don't know how to ring everything up. Like the line is backed up. And I'm just like, you're not even like proficient in your job, right. but you want a double salary. Right. And, you know, you have bad customer service. Well, there ain't no such thing as customer service <laughs> in Philadelphia. Not in Philadelphia. But I just think that, you know, doubling the salary is not gonna not the way to improve the status of living. They need to get some skills. Well, it will improve the status of living, but it might not improve the employee morale. Or it won't. The, or the work it product. won't. Because people won't. do get a sense of entitlement. Yeah. But it's, I mean, if you doubled my salary, oh, I'd be very, very... Good. Oh, yeah, I'd be good now. But, but again, I make a livable wage. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's complex, but I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, you know these presidential candidates might tackle that issue. Wow. I just want them to tackle student debt. Okay, Elizabeth Warren. Hey, girl. She want reparations, too. She doing the most. Uh, we'll see what she has to say. She might end up getting my vote. She won't. And I said what I said. All right, now. Well, let's hop into tens, 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 tens across, across the, the board. board. This week, my tens goes to the ice cream company. <laughs> As someone who does not you like ice cream. You say you don't even like ice cream. I don't. A mess. But what I do like is social responsibility from our corporations. Okay. And this week, my tens goes to Ben and Jerry's. They're an ice cream company. Some of you might enjoy their Cherry Garcia and such. Mm-hmm. I do not. Um, but on this past Saturday, 
was it? Yeah, it was. Um, it was four twenty, mm. which um, is I think become to be known as the like, weed smokers day, National Marijuana Day, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, pretty much. But Ben and Jerry's posted a statement to their social media, and they said, "Ever notice that most of the people making money off of legalized cannabis are white, but a disproportionate number of people getting arrested for using cannabis are black." That's not cool. Let's celebrate 420 this year by making legaliz- making sure legalization doesn't leave people of color behind and expunging everybody's cannabis convictions. And they gave a link to more information Girl, about the disparity bye. in terms of policing of marijuana Mm-mm. and the access to no. uh, legalized distribution of marijuana in various dispensaries and res- in states where it has been legalized for recreational and or medical use no i think that this is a topic that is really really important i don't especially from a restorative justice aspect um there are thousands upon thousands of people who are sitting in prisons across the united states for crimes related to the possession with the intent to distribute marijuana and you know over time our uh research Mm -hmm. our cultural approach our thought to marijuana has changed drastically. I think that people don't even view marijuana as a drug anymore. Um, and that it's just socially accepted. It's all over at the Coachella. You know, it's just become more mainstream. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's, it's not the gateway drug that it was once, you know, deemed to be. Mm-hmm. And it's just become socially acceptable, more so today. It stank. It do stank. Yeah. But, um, you know, many jurisdictions have uh, decriminalized. They mm-hmm. have not made it legal, but they have decriminalized. No, right. So they're mm-hmm. not prosecuting marijuana crimes with the right. same uh, resources or effort right. that they once did mm-hmm. because it's just not, you know, worth their time, I guess, due to, the, yeah. due to the cultural change around the drug. Mm-hmm. But what I'm finding is, is that we need to reckon with some of the restorative, the impacts that the law and society and culture had on people at one group at one point in time. Okay. You know, it has devastated certain communities. People are in prison for you know, selling cannabis. Mm-hmm. And if you do notice, the people who are making money now off the legalization of this industry are overwhelmingly white. Okay. They're not black. They're not people mm-hmm. of color. They're not women. Okay. And to me, I think that if we're taxing this drug now that it's legal, there should be some funneling of the taxation monies into communities that were devastated by the, you know, war on drugs. And I also uh, think that... Mm-hmm. You know, people who's who, depending on when their crime was committed and the severity of their crime, mm-hmm. there should be some kind of revisiting and lessening of their sentences. And I also think that they should be given opportunities because if you are a felon or convicted of a crime, you can't get a license to have a dispensary. Right. Okay. You know, so it's just like, how are people who were once dealing in this industry when it was illegal? And if they want to re-enter this industry where they have a lot of institutional knowledge, mm-hmm. where they have a... Um, <laughs> no. No, institutional knowledge, uh-huh. know-how, they have business skills and acumen. Mm-hmm. Why can't they re-enter this industry? Well... After they have, you know, served their time, their debt to society, okay. and now they want to re-enter. To okay. me, there's a lot of issues around this that mm-hmm. are not being addressed. And I think that it is a, another example of how in America certain groups are, are, are left behind and are not given the same opportunities, and it's institutional, and it prevents progress through wealth. Okay. Now, I have some issues with the Ben and Jerry statement. Because, first, they are stating that jurisdictions where marijuana is legal. Uh-huh. Now, outside of California, and may- maybe Michigan, not even Michigan, because, I mean... Colorado? They got Detroit, which is mm-hmm. very minority. 
But the other places where it is legal is Washington State, Mm -hmm. Oregon, Alaska, Colorado, Vermont, which is where Ben and Jerry's is, Mm -hmm. Massachusetts, and Maine. Right. Ain't that many brown people in any of those places. There's more than enough. But they're, they're having barriers of access to this industry in terms of raising capital, in terms of the legality. It's just, it's it's a serious concern. But, okay. And I but, think, I, I give my tens to Ben and Jerry's for raising an issue that people no, sometimes don't No, because ain't see. nobody buying that high-ass ice cream and they're trying to make this, <laughs> this statement of, you know, what's fair and just and across the board. No, I mean, I get what they're trying to say, but y'all the wrong people to say it because you're in a state that is not that black, first of all. Like, Vermont, how many black people live in Vermont? To counter that point is maybe part of the reason that marijuana has become legal in those states is because of the fact that they have lo- lower black populations? I'm just positing that. I'm just posing um, that question to you. I'm going to say no, because in Vermont, there's only about 600,000 people anyway, and only about 1% of that is black. The number of people who could potentially get into that industry would be less anyway okay so the number it's a numbers game they're playing semantics and i think they're trying to play the people by making this statement of support for the minorities but what about reinvesting into the communities that were devastated by marijuana oh okay the policing of it they can do that again these are real social justice issues mm-hmm. and i think that there are actual conversations that need to be had about but ben and jerry's justice. ain't the ones to do it okay maybe not but my thing is 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 Kim Kardashian the one to be uh, out here getting her law license talking about reform? I can't. So you're telling Ben and Jerry's to stay in the lane? Smoke oh, weed. Ooh, she don't do ecstasy. She don't even drink alcohol like that. She's she was high on ecstasy when she made her sex tape. Allegedly. Wow, 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 Chris is doing her hair and makeup right. and lighting. But anyway, what I'm saying is, is that don't tell Ben and Jerry's to stay in their lane because that's essentially what you're doing. No, I'm not. I'm saying their statement was very well crafted, but it misses the mark because the jurisdictions that they're speaking of are predominantly non-minority. I get that. So you can't make a statement to say these jurisdictions are keeping black people out when there's not even black people in there in the first place. That's a fair assessment. But I still think that it's good that Ben and Jerry's brought awareness to the issue. Okay. So tens for them. I prefer Talenti. I'm not eating no Ben and Jerry's. I prefer Talenti too. (laughs) (laughs) So... And keeping only on sale though, because it's a little expensive. It is, yeah. And keeping with the theme of Earth Day, my tens this week is going to Innocent Mburan Uwame. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who is in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Okay. He's the director of Virunga, which is an anti-poaching society in Virunga National Park. And he posted this selfie with these two gorillas oh the gorillas is leaned up yeah wow (laughs) they're like posted up like humans so um innocent he actually rescued these these two um gorillas their mother was killed by poachers and so he and this um sanctuary they um raised these gorillas since then and so he posted this picture and they essentially learn human behavior. Right. And so well, they're, they're like... our distant cousins. Yeah, yeah. So some people believe that. Yeah. So they're kind of like posted up like humans. That's so in funny. This. And so, yeah, just to bring awareness to Where's conservation. Where's Jane Goodall at? I thought she was dead. She's probably Ooh. still alive somewhere. Ooh. But, um, still out here fighting for Mighty Joe Young. Well, what was that movie where they killed the lady? 
Mike Gorillas Young? in the Mist. No. Oh, Gorillas in the Mist. Yeah, did yes. you see that movie? No. That thing was so sad. They Aww. killed that woman at the end. Aww. But anyway, shout outs to everyone doing conservation efforts yes. and protecting endangered species. That is so important. Yes. All right, y'all. Well, thank you for joining us for another week here at Category yes. Is, your Philly podcast with Justin and Maurice. Remember to subscribe. Like, rate, and review us on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Spotify. Be sure to check us out on all things social media at Category Is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to write us in at CategoryIsPod at gmail.com. Send us a listener letter, mm-hmm. a realness topic, yes. or even just suggest a category. Yeah. Get something off your chest. Let us know how great we are. Give us some feedback. Yeah. Or how shitty we are. <laughs> Remember, guys, we have some upcoming uh, developments for you. Yes. Stay, stay, tuned, stay tuned to our social media yeah. where we'll be unveiling yes. our announcements. Yes. Very, very exciting things. Very, very soon. Coming this mid to late spring. Yes. Early summer. Mm-hmm. And we can't wait to share them. With yes. You. It's going to be big. Big. Yeah. Epic. Epic. Legendary. Legendary. Yes. All right now. <laughs> Bye. We'll see you next week.